you know, ministry takes a lot emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that's, uh, you know, a nine to five. It's a 24 seven type no. lifestyle. If anybody's um, interested in sponsoring a, a mini sabbatical for us, feel free to call. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 9 of The Greeting Call. You know, Chris, uh, today in the office, told me that this is one of my longest hobbies that I've had, and he's really proud of me. I guess he was cracking on the fact that I have a lot of little hobbies that pop up, and he goes, I'm really proud of you recording the podcast for this long. He's like, this is a good one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's kind of sticking. It's kind of good. <laughs> is it still a hobby at this point? I don't think it's a hobby yeah. anymore. I think this it's is quite the hobby. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a big hobby. We got the, the whole team here. So um, anyway, <laughs> Jack Denny here, host of the podcast, Ryan Chat, co-host, and Holden McLemore, co-host. I guess we're all co-hosts, really. I mean, we're all equal, right? Yeah, I guess so. A bunch of friends with microphones. Yeah, we all put our diapers on the same way. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, a couple updates. Um, I got married two weeks ago. Or no, a week ago. Gosh, I already forgot the day. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to cut that. No, got married a week ago. Um, what else has been happening? I feel like we've been just busy. The The other podcast got delayed um we're kind of late releasing this one recording just a lot of life stuff i closed on a house ryan you've been working holding you've been just what? suing people I was gonna say, <laughs> just, just suing, suing away yeah um but hunting season's here yep it is and unfortunately ryan i don't think you or i have done any hunting have i did been? go teal hunting oh you did i did yeah you little sneaky. You snuck that one past me, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Holding you down. You did some fishing, maybe, recently? Did, uh, yeah, but up in the mountains. Up in the mountains. Did some fly it's, fishing. It's NASCAR season. It's, so. We got two weeks left. Yeah. I mean, Martinsville and Old Phoenix. Things are heating up. So. Heating up. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been busy. Sorry for the delay here, but this is our last episode of this series. Um, this whole series we've been talking about our purpose in life. Um, last couple episodes we had Ryan on with Kyle and we talked about purpose as husbands and purpose as parents. Um, I'm a husband now, so it's nice looking back on some of the things that y'all said and trying to put that into play. I'm not a parent yet that I know. Of, so, <laughs> um, we're going to hopefully keep that, keep that true for a little while. Um, but, Anyway, this this whole series has been really good. I think we've hit on a lot of different areas, and tonight we're going to kind of try and just summarize what our purpose in life is. And so the title of this episode is Purpose in Life. Um, and we've all studied this recent book by, uh, or this book by Rick Warren. Um, I guess it's been within the last two years that we've kind of talked about some of these categories that we're going to pull from, but uh, the book is called The Purpose Driven Life. and um, Rick Warren highlights um, that our main purpose is for worship, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. And so we're going to touch on each of those, uh, was it five categories tonight, and just basically um, try and nail down what our purpose is. And so um, before we jump into that, 
Ryan, you want to kick it off in prayer? Sure. Lord, I thank you for bringing all of us here today. I pray that you help us be the mouthpiece for what it is that you need to say. Uh, I pray that you help us to, to be an example and, and to possibly learn some things ourselves. We thank you for the opportunity, and we look forward to it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so to start conversation, let's uh, go to Scripture and um, see what it says about worship as the first topic. Um, I've been reading in Matthew some and chapter 4, the devil is tempting Jesus. He takes him up high on a mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and basically says um, in verse 9, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus replies in verse 10 and says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And so if one of our main purposes in life is to worship um what does that mean? And then what does, in what ways can we do that daily? I think initial thought, a lot of people go to, okay, worship church, you know, singing, worship music, praise mm-hmm. music. Um, but it's far more than that. So um, what does worshiping mean to you guys? I think worship can have many different definitions or interpretations. Um, obviously, like Jack said, you've got, you know, the, the church worship is is what we'll call it, um, you know, praise and worship, you know, that type of deal. Um, but I think even more so than than that aspect, um, worship really comes down to appreciation and thankfulness mm-hmm. for what God has given to us on a daily basis, um, you know, and and the way you present that worship is, you know, being, you know, not being, you know. The Debbie Downer, the you know, the disappointed, you know, uh, what's his name from Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore. You know, not not being an Eeyore, I guess you would <laughs> say. Seems like you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a strange analogy to use, but you know, there's a lot of people that I think mosey on through life, um, constantly disappointed. Um, yeah. And and when you live your life full of anger or disappointment, um, ultimately you are portraying that you know, what we've been given, this gift of life, this gift of creation, mm-hmm. um, that it's not good enough, you know? And and so I think that um, just representing yourself with, you know, appreciation for the gift that we've been given mm-hmm. um, is a form of worship, um, you know? And that, that's kind of my two cents on, you know, maybe a, a strange aspect that most people w- wouldn't think is considered worship. But yeah. I, I definitely do think that appreciation is a form of worship. Before yeah. I answer, I, I guess my question for y'all is, do you think worship, does there have to be a certain number of people involved with it? I, I mean, can you individually worship and, or, you know, does there need to be two or more people? No, I, I absolutely think you can worship by yourself. Yeah. 100%. I think, so too. I think it's a posture. Of um, like kind of like you said, like I'm I'm very guilty of being the person you just described. I don't know if you've seen me that way. I know Holden probably has, but like there's a lot of times um where I'm just like very in my own mind, letting thing the things of this world like put me in that like De- Debbie Downer mm-hmm. posture where it's like 
all the stress of the world is just like on, it feels like it's on me yeah. and I forget the freedom in Christ that like we're called to. Yeah. And I think that that's when I'm not, I'm not worshiping God. I'm worshiping, worshiping the idols here. Yeah. And, um, back to your, your question holding like, no, I, I certainly think you can worship God yourself. And I, I feel like I keep going back to that daily posture. Um, when your day doesn't start with worship as in like the acknowledging, you know, that it, it's a, you're valuing, you're fearing God, like uh, you're treasuring like what he's done for us. And like when you acknowledge that first thing, I don't even want to say acknowledge because I think it's far more. It, it's you put yourself in that posture of submission. Um, it allows you to start the day and not be that that mm-hmm. person, the Debbie Downer. But I do think you can certainly worship God um, by yourself. But Certainly, absolutely, with others as well, and I think that may be more of the church worship or right. the mm-hmm. um, you know we'll get into talking about fellowship, but I think that's part of part of that too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think, Holden? As far as when you think of worship, yeah. So it's funny we're talking about this tonight. I was writing for our church. We do this like Advent series, and so I was writing a daily devotional for the Advent series, and uh, my topic was on peace and. I kept coming back to the peace that I feel when I am worshiping, especially in the Christmas season. I mean, the sanctuary is beautiful. The hymns are the best of the year. It's, just, it's a lot of good worship. And I go back to the verse that you read, Jack, the the, the posture of Jesus when he's being tempted by Satan. He, he expresses, be gone, Satan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, a verbal act that he takes, and his posture is, um, you know, actually articulating something and being mm-hmm. direct and commanding Satan be gone. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a key component to worship, too. It's got to be some outward expression mm-hmm. um, to, to worship God. And uh, I, I was on some, scrolling through something last night. It said the divorce rate for couples who pray verbally pray out loud. It's like one in every one thousand and one hundred and fifty-two couples. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of that statistic. Like the the divorce rate in America is like fifty percent. Yeah. But for couples who essentially worship, who articulate and and verbalize their worshiping to God, yeah. The divorce rate is minuscule. Yeah. And so that it's amazing the positive impacts worship this articulation of appreciation to God. What that has in your your own life. Yeah. Prayer is worship. Prayer is absolutely worship, um, yeah. And then I think, too, like how Jesus says, him only shall you serve. So serving, I think, too, is a form of worship. Mm-hmm. So like prayer, serving. But um, it's doing something. All of those yeah. things relate in to to doing something. Yeah. It's not just this evil mentality. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I yeah. think saying acknowledging God is, right. is way too shallow. Right. You know. There's going to be the some, demons believe some sure. outward yeah. expression. Yeah. yeah. Well, even you look at, you know, the the verses that you were just talking about where Jesus was tempted while he was out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. you know, other than Satan showing up, you know, Jesus was alone. You yeah. know, he, he went to be alone for 40 days, yeah. you know, um, and I, I think, you know, like, even though in that aloneness or in the wilderness, he wasn't 
maybe physically doing X, Y, or Z. You know, there wasn't praise and worship music playing and raising of hands, or, you know, maybe there was, but, um, you know, Jesus was alone, but he was was actively seeking Mm -hmm. the presence of God. And for me, you know, I I mean, I I love going to church and having praise and worship and having everybody there. Like, all that stuff's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But for me, I feel like those those moments of worship where – you know, I, I find that alone time that, yeah. you know, that space where it, it's just me and God, um, that those moments of worship are where I hear him the most. Yeah. Well, think um, about the boot camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this multiple times and, you know, we'll let you listeners know about our spring boot camp when we do that. But the, the Wild at Heart boot camps are, an inc- it's an incredible time to just go off and have complete solitude mm-hmm. and like, I, I think about, you know, some ways to find that, you know, in our day-to-day lives. If you can find that, whether it's like you're going for a run with no headphones. Um, you know, I know a lot of us are big podcast or sermon listeners. And I think that uh, one thing I've been doing lately is it's been helpful, but just no headphones. Yeah. And you, you your mind can just think clearly. But um, when you're, you're taking it as like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, disconnect so that I can worship. It's not just like I'm going to disconnect so I can like, you know, go forget everything, yeah. uh, you know, get away. It's more of like, no, I want to disconnect to to worship God and try and hear him and, and, you know, praise him while I'm doing these things. So yeah, I think solitude, you know, serving solitude. Um, and then obviously, you know, singing and worshiping. I think yeah. there is something to that where, um, you know, a lot of people, I'm not the best singer, but I love playing guitar with, you know, Olivia singing or whoever. And, and then same in church. I mean, even hymns, like I love when our church sings hymns because it's just mm-hmm. something about that, you know, the lyrics is just yeah. pure. And, yeah. And let me say one more thing about that too. No. This is something that's come up in some of our previous, what? I said, no. Oh no. Well, I'm going, <laughs> yeah. I've got a microphone, so I'm going to go. Um, this has come up in our Bible studies a couple times, different groups in our Bible study, but um, Sunday is for worship, mm-hmm. and COVID put a lot of us um, to be very reliant on the podcast and on you know the virtual worship. Yeah. But Sunday is for worship in person mm-hmm. to the extent possible, and a lot of people are out of the routine of being in church on Sunday. And there's a lot of excuses for not going to church. You might have grown up and had a bad experience in the church. But Sunday is for worship, and you need to be in, in church on Sunday worshiping. You don't have to go back to your home church. You don't have to go to the church that you're going to now. Find a church that works for you and, and worship on Sundays. And no church is perfect. So if you're, if you're trying to find the perfect church, it's just not out there. There's always yeah. going to be something that you could nitpick about the church, but that's not why you're there. You're there to worship. And yeah. I think that's an important point to make. Yeah. yeah Amen. A, a point my dad always made is, um, number one, obviously there is no perfect church. And if you happen to find one, don't join it. Cause you're going to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you're, you know, the perfect point that Holden made was, you know, you're, you're not there for the people, you know, you're there for your relationship with God. Yeah. You know, obviously there's fellowship involved and you want to be somewhere that you feel welcome and comfortable. And, um, but you know, like you, you've got to look at the bigger picture and say, 
am I going to church for a social club or am I going to church, you know, to, to close in my relationship with Christ? Yeah. So. And I know some of these mega churches, I mean, going to summit, it's a huge, huge church and the worship is great. You know, some people get caught up in that too. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to go for the, the lights, camera and the, and the great music. And, you know, to some degree, it, it, yes, that stuff's great. I mean, it's amazing to be able to go and listen to a great worship team lead. Like that's a privilege to be able to get to go to that. But at the same time, when that becomes your idol and it's, right. you know, that's the reason that you're going to worship, you, mm-hmm. you've kind of got, got it mixed up. And so, right. um, yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with you Holden. find a church. And, and even if it's like, you're like, I don't even know if this is, you know, the, the style or, you know, do I like traditional or more modern, non-denational, just go find one, get plugged in and, from there, then I think you can start to kind of filter out and discern for yourself, you know, maybe I need to change or maybe I need to you know, try something new. But yeah. to simply, um, you know, use Sunday as another Saturday, mm-hmm. um, I think it's um, a disgrace. It's disobedience to God. It's um, it's not really what we're made for. I mean, Sunday being the day of rest, we need to um, actually take that into play. Yeah, well, I think it. I mean, I think it hinders your relationship. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I, Sunday is, you know, meant to be a a time that that we set aside to to worship, you yeah. know, and to to grow our, you know, relationship with Christ. And I think if your goal is is to strengthen your relationship with Christ and to learn more about who He is and who He's called you to be, you know, you're not doing yourself a favor by not going to church. Yeah. You know, you're you're doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. by, you know, by staying as far away from a church as you can. Yeah. So, I've got one more point to make on that. Let's hear it. Um, I know we've got to move on, but um I think it's one third of the American economy now works on Sundays. It's wow. staggering numbers. Um a lot of churches have Thursday night worship now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we have emphasized the point that you need to be in worship on Sunday, but I, I get for a lot of people that's just economically not possible for your your family or whatever it may be. But you need to still carve out a day, carve out a time where you are in worship mm-hmm. once a week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think COVID definitely it made it so so easy for people to just turn the TV on, yeah. or mm-hmm. even doing it during the week. Like, hey, we got you know Tuesday nights we don't have anything going on. Let's just watch the sermon for right. Sunday. And it's convenience. Um, it's the Amazon world that we live in. It's like we can get a sermon at the snap of the fingers and um, people miss out on the community, the, the fellowship, which we're going to talk about next, um, which is it's a part of being the body of Christ. Um, you, you can't simply just go on in life uh, without being a part of the body. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of our purposes. It's, you know, you go there and you worship and. And then you carry that on throughout the week, too, and some of the other things that we talked about. So, um, yeah, that's good. So, speaking of fellowship, um, our sermon actually at church this past Sunday, um, Curtis preached on Acts chapter 2. We had, like, an all-call for baptism. um, And with that, um, he was talking about Peter's sermon at Pentecost, and thousands were saved and verse 42 it says um this is you know kind of after um after the the baptism he says you know go and be baptized um 
verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 44 through 47 talks about how they were all together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and distributing proceeds to all in need. They broke bread in their homes and received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. So this is, you know, after they've been baptized, these are the things that they're doing. Uh, this is what fellowship is. Um, and it's a rich bond among believers worshiping God together. Um, and so how do we do this? How do we have fellowship? Um, you know, there's big difference between friendship and fellowship. Um, I think both of you guys, all of us have kind of seen what real fellowship looks like in the last two years, maybe specifically. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? So I, I think, you know, number one is is being intentional with, yeah. you know, the way that you fellowship with, you know, other Christians, men, um, women, whoever it is that you're, you know, that you're bonding with through your relationship with Christ. Um, there's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone, because when he falls, he has no one left to pick him up. Hmm. Um, and when we, when we fellowship, when we're, you know, when when me and Jack are together, or me and Holden are together, and we're struggling with something, or you know, we have questions about something, or or something just seems a little bit off that we can't necessarily seem to handle ourselves or, or get the answers to ourselves. Um, those are the moments when you're you're able to overcome that adversity. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the references of carriage horses, but you know one carriage horse can pull, let's say, ten thousand pounds, but two can pull thirty thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. The math doesn't make sense, but because there's two together, um, there's there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the Bible says, "When there's two or more gathered together, there I am." Um, when when you partner up with like-minded individuals, people who have the same aspirations in Christ that we do, um, things just go better. You know, you have that support system. You know, when when you have an addict who is alone, you know, he, he's going to have a lot harder time digging out of that hole than it is if he's got someone next to him lifting him up. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the most important things in your walk with Christ is the fellowship that you have with your brothers. Yeah. Because without, you know, those that support system, um, you're, you're left alone. And, you know, a lot of times we, you know, you can't fight those battles on your own. Not to say that God can't, you know, pull you out of those struggles. But I, I think it is vastly important for us to have people around us to lift us up when we fall. Yeah. So. And I think on the uh, you know, flip side of that, if you're a, a believer among many non-believers in your friend group, it makes it all the more like harder to mm-hmm. um, try to live in that surrender surrendering to Christ when yeah. your friend group's feeding the flesh. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of is <clears throat> speaks to the difference between friendship and fellowship is yeah. um you know fellowship a group of people who are are wanting to walk to Christ with 
or walk with Christ together mm-hmm. um, to worship Him together. It's kind of a different end goal than yeah. friends. A lot of times, friends gather around hobbies such as I mean, we've seen it in, in hunting. Yeah, um, you go hunt to kill for the competition for the post or whatever. You go fishing because your buddy's got a big boat. It's it's you know shopping to fill that void. A lot of things that uh, just feed the flesh. And people who like the similar hobbies, um, you know, that's going to be your friends. But it's the people where you can say, okay, this guy besides me is 65 and he's in, you know, commercial real estate. Speaking of Mark, you know, one of my good friends now, um, you know, we don't have, we have similar hobbies, but like the one thing we have together is like we're both deeply rooted in Christ or, or try to be. And I think that's true fellowship is like mm-hmm. when you're, we're gathering here not because we all love making podcast outlines. I mean, we've proven that we're not great <laughs> at that. So it's like, you know, we it's fellowshipping to, because we want to share the word. We want to glorify God. And that's that's a part of true fellowship. Um, you know, Holden loves NASCAR. I like NASCAR, but, you know, I, I like hanging out with Holden because, you know, we have the same values. And, you know, that's, that's far more... Uh, I guess superior than are just, you know, commonalities mm-hmm. I'd say. And, um, it's easier to, to follow Christ with friends in fellowship. If maybe yeah. does that make yeah. sense? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think on that? Yeah. Is it Joby? I think who says you're the average of the f- five closest people that you hang out yeah, with. Yeah. Um, and that's so true. Yeah. I, I mean, the, intentionality Ryan that you mentioned I think your response was perfect I mean it's about everything you said was spot on um, but you've got to be intentional with the people who are around you and who you're spending a lot of time with mm-hmm. and the small groups that you know Jack you kind of formed two years ago are such a big um, moment kind of in my testimony because I could look at the my five the five closest people I was hanging out with at that time versus now radically different, radically different. And not to say that I've just left people out in the dust and ha- have completely disassociated with them. But if you look at your life and you f- you think your life's in chaos right now, take a look around you. I mean, mm-hmm. take a step back and and see who you are associating with, and that will probably give you a pretty good. Uh, understanding as to why your life is the way it is at this moment. And I I think being intentional in finding a small group or Sunday school class, my church still does Sunday school classes, but we're starting to kind of get into small groups. We do it um, through Jack and Swamp Dog uh, in the greeting call, a Tuesday night small group Mm -hmm. um, of, of like, like like-minded guys. And that's crucial. Um, it keeps you in the word. It, it keeps you accountable. I think accountability is another great thing that fellowship can bring. Yeah. Uh, it kind of helps you check your blind spots. Um, yeah. So those are all, all good things that come with fellowship. Yeah. And I mean, praise God for that. that Cause I think we've all been there. The three of us, who I know we've all been there where we've looked around and said, you know, what's going on and mm-hmm. you know, at multiple times in our lives and you say, well, my closest five friends, are all doing this or that. And that's who we are. I mean, that's, that's, that's who we were. Sorry, I should say, but, um, and thank God that his, I mean, his word is 
alone enough to pull us out of that and make us realize the truth. Um, Because aside from that, like, there are a ton of small groups that are kind of led astray and they're not really, Mm -hmm. you know, they're small groups, they're hobby groups or friend groups, and Mm -hmm. um, they can kind of be led astray. But if you do something that's rooted in the word with like-minded believers, I think it's iron sharpens iron. You know, we've said that before and that's a known thing. So, um, yeah, I think fellowship is just, it's crucial. Yeah. It's really hard to to be a believer and be on an island by yourself. Oh yeah, um, but there's a lot of people out there. I know some some people listening because um, we've all kind of been in that isolation of like, well, I have these great friends, but they're just not walking in step with you know, how God calls us to walk. Yeah, and um, I I think one thing that goes in with fellowship, and we kind of hit on it a little bit when we were at the the outdoor classic, but don't be what's the word I'm looking for um, don't be mistaken about the intentionality or the the wants of your friend group I guess it's kind of, kind of a hard way to put it but there there's there's a lot more people who think what you think in reference to your relationship with with Christ than you than you realize mm-hmm. um, going into this whole ordeal of starting this podcast and doing all these small groups, you know, at first, you know, our, our thought process was, you know, hey, well, we really don't know how this is going to turn out. Like how many guys <laughs> are going to show up? Like what's going to happen? You know, yeah. are all my friends going to disown me and say, Oh, you know, I'm not going to, he's, he's been getting kind of weird lately. He's a little too Christian for me, yeah. <laughs> you know? And those are kind of thoughts that that roll through your head. And I know there's a lot of people listening to this that are in that same position that we were in two, three years ago, where you're hanging out with a friend group that parties every weekend, that, you know, that never has God talk, you know, never talks about how you're doing, you know, how's your prayer life, how's your marriage, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're listening to this saying, man, that's something I would really, I would really love to talk with these two or three friends of mine about X, Y, and Z, but it's going to be kind of strange. Right. Um, more of your friends than you think ask themselves the same exact questions that you're asking, but most of the time, nobody's willing to step out of the boat and be the first one. And what I would like to say is, is be the first one. Um, because when you do, it's a chain reaction. Yeah. Um, not to say that there aren't going to be friends that do say, ah, this dude's getting a little bit strange, you know. But I would say a solid 50 plus percent of the guys that you're close with are asking the same questions yeah. mentally. Um, and if you step out of that boat and say, hey, Y'all, this might sound a little bit strange because we've never talked about it before, but I'd really like to start this small group. I'd, you know, I'd really want for us to, you know, to to be there to have each other's back, you know, and and have that fellowship because I want to get closer to Christ. You know, I want to do the right thing and I want to become a better father, become a better husband, become a better friend, Mm -hmm. you know. Is this something you guys are interested in? Yeah. And you'd be surprised at the responses that you get. I, I think we can all um, attest to that. I mean, there's people I've heard from through this podcast, through our small group, 
who I'd never in my life would have thought would want to talk about Christ and their relationship with Christ with me. And so that is such a great point. I mean, there are, I think this generation in general and guys in general are hungry for something else. Uh, It has been chaos the last three years. And I think guys are hungry for a relationship with Christ. They just don't know how to get there. And if you can be that beacon, if you have the courage to, to step out of the boat and be the one to ask those questions, it is a chain reaction. And it is much simpler than we make it out to be. Um, not us in general, but society yeah. in general. Jesus just wants a relationship with you. I mean, that's it, plain and simple. It, and I think religion and churches, we try, we make it so complex. It's not that complex. Yeah. Um, and a, a good first step is just asking those questions. Yeah. yeah. And I think this whole, you know, we talked about the Rick Warren book. I mean, that was the first book that we kind of walked through, and we did it. 42 weeks. 42 (laughs) weeks, and that was maybe a little extra, I would say, looking back. But um, it was perfect timing because a lot of guys in there, you know, after you get out of high school or or even after the, you know, 21 phase wears off of partying, you give it a couple years, the 24, 23, you're around that age. And you start asking yourself, okay, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what, what mm-hmm. is my purpose in life? And you want guys you can link arms with. And not to say that that's the only, you know, the best age to do that it certainly can happen at any age, but look around you as, as you know, y'all said, look around you and say, who can I link arms with and who can I actually like move on in life with that wants to do things that glorify God yeah. that, um, you know, that I can truly enjoy whatever it is we're doing. Um, you know, holding on, went to the race, had a blast. Like, like I said, I, I like racing, but it's not on Holden's level. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully like we can, we can take them hunting and like, you know, do stuff like that. But like, ultimately it's like, you find those people that you just enjoy conversation with. And the conversation's not, Hey, did you see the 49ers touchdown the other day when this happened or that happened or hey we killed our limited ducks how'd y'all do it it's it's far more deeper than that it's you know how's your marriage life how's your you know what have you been dealing with and you know what stress are you going through how have you been worshiping you know what's your prayer life life like Mm -hmm. um it's things that make you think and it makes you a lot of times realize oh i'm in the wrong here and and that's what we need. We need guys that can check our blind spots, as you say, Holden, and help us move in the right direction in life. Because ultimately, we, we we look at back at our past and we want to say, wow, I've come a long way. Um, and the people who sit there and go, well, you know, I saw him at the bars in Greenville doing this and that three years ago. How has he changed? Man, you can't get hung up on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to just acknowledge that's going to happen. Um, well, and, and then you just say, well, let me tell you. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But speaking more to the, you know, the murmurs that you right. hear in the background right. and yeah. stuff, I think it's not a woe is me. It's not a, you know, I'm better than anyone else. It's just that the power of God's word and, um, you know, what Jesus did for us is, is that good to be able to transform our lives? Um, yeah. But I, th- I think in talking about this, you know, we fellowship with that. We've kind of hit on discipleship. Yeah. Um, we did a whole episode on it. I don't think we need to dive into it too much. Um, 
you know, episode four from this series was all about discipleship, making disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Um, but maybe for this topic, just on this episode, what would you guys say to those who aren't being discipled or discipling others? And maybe even just to those who aren't in fellowship at all. I would say to those who, um, obviously for those who aren't being discipled, you know, number one is, is, you know, just like we talked about, find that friend group, the guys that you can learn together with, but also find that mentor, somebody that you can look up to, someone who is, you know, wiser than you, Mm -hmm. um, that that you can look up to, that you can ask questions to, um, and that you can, you know, learn from. That would be obviously step one. But step two to those who aren't discipling, those who are in a position, you know, because we're all called to disciple, you know, maybe some at at different stages or levels in their life. Um, But, you know, we're all called to disciple. That was, you know, the Great Commission was go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're all called to do that. Um, but to my point earlier is, um, don't underestimate it, um, because you would be surprised at the response that you get. We, we tend to work up this, you know, this internal, um, this internal, um, nervousness about, you know, what, what type of reaction am I going to get? Are people going to be offended? You know, whatever, you know, don't, don't let that phase you. Um, you, you'll get great reactions from it and the reward not you know monetarily or you know with things but just the the internal joy and happiness that mm-hmm. you get you know when you see someone's life change yeah. um because of the gospel and knowing that you were able to to be that vessel and and be the one to share that with them um there's not a greater feeling yeah. it, it really is you know like you feel like you have hit the lottery you know yeah. and like you you're fulfilling your purpose yeah when you see god work in someone's life yeah and so. it's not like a and i know you're not coming from it as this as like a you know it's not on us certainly it's not on us no but being able to be a part of it and like on the sidelines, just seeing somebody's life do a complete 180. Yeah. And see, being able to see God have such a hand in that, the word have a hand in that, um, it leads to worshiping. It leads to being thankful. And, yeah. and that's like true joy that we find and that we talk about. It's like, I mean, I've seen a few of my really good friends just in the last couple of weeks just have conversations that I'm like, this is incredible. Like you're actually studying, feasting on the word and like to see where they once were. And now they're like, no, I don't want to do those things. Like that's not who I am. Like no. those things were temporary. It, I mean, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, there's no greater feeling. No. Um, it, it truly makes you feel purposeful. Yeah. Um, Holden, what do you think on that? Just, yeah, I think, um, I think Ryan nailed it again, but, the just to your comment on it, it's not on us. It's not on us to an extent. I mean, right. it is on. It's on. Once you have been discipled to, and that you understand the Great Commission, and that your job or your role as a Christian, one of your main roles is to go and make disciples. It is on you at that point to go and make disciples. Yeah. But you can't. Obs- uh, 
obsessed may not be the right word. Don't idolize you, the making yeah, of this. In that numbers. one individual, like yeah. if your best friend, for example, a lot of people have like really close family members or one best friend who they just cannot get to, to get it. You know, they can't get them to see the light. Yeah. That's where you, that's not on you. I yeah. mean, your job is to bring them the word and to, uh, offer the, the same inv- invitation that you were offered. Yeah. But, um, it, it, there does become a point where it's just not on you. Right. Um, and one day, hopefully they'll come around and certainly you want to be there when that moment comes, but it, it can be frustrating for sure. Yeah. When the people closest to you, those five friends who, who aren't getting it, but are kind of causing some of the chaos in your life. If, if, if they're not getting it, you just, you've got to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to get plugged in. Right. You've got to, You've got to find that. And I I know there's so many people out there who it's just like near impossible to find fellowship. Um, If you, if you say you're in a college off somewhere, you don't know anybody, reach out to us. Like Mm -hmm. we have guys that call in to our Bible study, Mm -hmm. not, and I don't want to say, you know, use that as a crutch, but like it's a stepping stone. I mean, but if you're out of college, there's a church somewhere around you. Right. And yeah. so for me, what it was, it was getting plugged in the small group, then getting plugged back into church. Yeah. For others, it has been getting plugged in back into church, then they find a small group. It's got to be, it's, I think it's one of those two combinations. I mean, yeah. it's going to be some proactive step on your part to get, you know, out from behind the screen and into a church or into a small group. Yeah. I mean, take some step. Right. Yeah. I'm saying it's for us, the line's always open to right. call. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we want to be able to help yep. get you plugged in somewhere. There's churches all over the United States, especially Bible Belt. I mean, right. Yeah. So, um, anything, you guys have anything else there on, you know, discipleship? I think we kind of wrapped that up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Rick Warren says our, our last purposes um, are for ministry and mission. And these, you know, we, we just talked about it, you know, when we're ministering to others and we're, we're living our life on mission, um, you will see fruit come from that. You'll see um, lives hopefully changed. Not that that's for your glory, obviously glory to God on, on, you know, any change that you see in someone's life. But um, when you see that it's the most rewarding thing. Um, far more than anything monetary, like you said, Ryan. Yeah. Um, so, um, what challenges have you guys seen, um, in your own ministry or mission or, um, maybe some, some things that you've been battling through decisions? I don't know anything in regard to ministry and mission lately. Yeah. I think for me, and this is just in general, especially as we're going through the conversation tonight, um, there's, there's so many ups and downs. Uh, I mean, there's times where your walk with Christ is just on fire. I mean, the relationship is great. You can hear God. I mean, there's sometimes in my prayer life where I just feel like it's so connected, you know, it's a two way conversation. And then there's sometimes where it's, you know, it feels distant and it's, it feels like a one way conversation and that it can get discouraging. And, um, 
those are the times where I think it's most important to stay plugged in, stay plugged in in the in uh, scripture and the word in your prayer life and you know, in, in ministry and missions itself, I guess. But I think my point is that's when it's hardest to be doing the ministry and missions is when you yourself are questioning, well, why, why Mm -hmm. does God feel distant to me right now? Why can't I hear God right now? And, you know, just personally speaking, I think I'm kind of going through one of those valleys right now where it's just, you know, man, a couple months ago, it felt like, things things are great now it's you have to work harder at it but don't let the the ministry and mission suffer as a result of mm-hmm. that i mean understand as a christian that's just a normal part of your walk with christ i mean there's going to be times where it's like that but don't let those things suffer as a result is i guess my point yeah yeah i, I, I would agree i mean if you look at you know historically in the bible there's there's many ups and downs you know, um, you look back in Egypt where, you know, all every all, everybody was a slave, basically. Um, you know, that, that was a low point in their life. And, you know, eventually, you know, God brought them out of that. And then they wandered in the desert for years. And, you know, there, there are all of these moments of highs and lows and highs and lows. And you have to understand that there, there you know, there's going to be times when things are hard. And there's going to be times when you feel like there's, you know, like God is just right there holding your hand and walking you, you know, right through the, you know, right through the storm. Yeah. But, you know, I, he, Holden was talking about the, you know, the, the challenges of kind of walking through those valleys and through those storms where you feel like God's not speaking to you mm-hmm. and you, you can't quite figure out why. And we've talked about it many times about having to tune out the noise around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever um, heard of MTACs more than a calling. Um if you're listening to this and you've never heard of them before, go look them up on Instagram. They've got great devotionals as well. Um, but I was writing a devotional more for them. More than calling. Yeah, more right. than a calling. Yeah. Um, I was writing a devotional for them, and it was specifically on um, tuning out that noise. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, waterfowl hunting and how a lot of times, like, you've got this plan and everything's supposed to be perfect and, you know, you get there and all of a sudden things just aren't going as planned. And so we become this busybody that's like, I need to move this decoy here. I need to change this. I need to change that. And in the midst of you standing out there in the decoys or brushing your blind, the birds show up and they flare because you were too busy being busy Mm -hmm. because you weren't patient enough and sometimes you just have to be patient yeah. you know, sometimes you just have to wait for god to speak or and like wait trying, for him to show up trying different baits yeah and the whole time your line's not even in the water e- exactly you, you know like sometimes you just have to be patient and and wait for him to show up and and be diligent in your prayer time and you know and realize that you know sometimes the results aren't going to show up right now mm-hmm. sometimes those results are going to show up you know, way on down the road and yeah. you'll look back and say, that's why I was doing that the whole time. Yeah. Right. And you I know? think about like point. getting back to the basics, you know, my East Carolina football team is, <laughs> has one win on the season Start and over. Yeah. many losses and, uh, something that came up in, you know, a press conference or whatever. And somebody said, maybe it was a comment, whatever said, you got to get back to the basics. So how do we do that? You know, we strip all the, all the extra things going on in our lives and we, we like you said, you get back to the bare bones of this relationship with Christ and you just stay in it. I yeah. mean, stay in the word and, and 
you know, peel away all the extra things that you feel like I've got to do this. I've got to do that. That's not what God didn't call us to, to load up our schedules trying to serve him. Um, he wants that relationship. If it's 20 minutes of intimate prayer or reading or studying, um, you know, to what you mentioned, Holden, I think that's, that's what it comes down to, to for me. Um, cause it's easy for me to get tied up in like, okay, we can, you know, I got to write this Bible study plan or we have a podcast and a lot of times I'll be too busy being busy, mm-hmm. um, distracted by things I feel like are just works. Um, and that can, you can get burnt out from it yeah. really easily. Um, so I feel you on that, Holden. I, I mean, for me, the last couple of weeks has been, you know, wedding planning, closing on the house. Um, my routines after getting married has changed completely. Um, as you know, Ryan, it, it does that. And I've just not been in the word daily like I want to be. And I think that's something I'm going to implement. Mm. It's like just back to the, back to the basics. Yeah. Start small. That's a great point. Just start, start reading again and praying. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think in ministry, in mission, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who um, they'll do many sabbaticals and sponsor, you know, pastors and this and that for rest be- because this is something that is, you know, ministry takes a lot emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that's, uh, you know, a nine to five. It's a 24-7 type no. lifestyle. If anybody's um, interested in sponsoring a, a mini sabbatical for us, feel free to call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call Holden. He'll plan it. Yeah, that's He'll right. He'll plan it day one, right? And I might be like, uh, well, I feel a little guilty. <laughs> but no, it, yeah, it, I mean, f- feel free to donate. Go buy a bunch of hats on the website, <laughs> swampdog.com. Um, no, but yeah, it, it is something that uh, you're going to face challenges. You're going to um, get worn out i don't want to say burnout um but it's going to be tough you're going to go through you know if if you're not climbing a mountain to get to you know the the peak um then you'll be going down it heading into the valley you'll you'll be in one of the two seasons you'll be climbing a mountaintop or going down one so um there's never this like ah i've made it and i you know i'm finally you feel fulfillment and joy and everything you know every day ultimately that's heaven um, which I think would be a good topic to close this whole podcast series on. Um, we were going to do a whole nother episode on, you know, purpose for eternity, but none of us really know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> need a lot of AI help there. That yeah. Be, be too I, much. I do think that's a good way to close it. And, and maybe let's just talk about heaven. You know, our, our purpose, uh, in life is not to, just completely master this life here on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, That's impossible. We're not going to be perfect. Um, We're going to strive for perfection um, through Christ, but we're going to fall short every day. Um, And so we weren't created for our life here. I don't think we, we as people need to get hung up on how can I better my day? You know, what systems and places can I, can I put in place to where like, I'm going to be this perfect person, Mm -hmm. um, figure out what works for you, your hobbies, put those things, um, you know, your gifts, put all this stuff together, all this, I don't want to say magic, but you know, look at your life and say, you know, where can I be uh, most purposeful? Where can God use me the most? And, and then go and do it. 
Um, but you know, we will die someday soon. Yeah. So heaven, you know, we, we, when we are in Christ, we die, we go to heaven. What does that look like to you guys? I mean, what do you think our purpose for eternity is? If somebody had to ask you that. So like, I, I think, you know, like if you read me and my wife actually have decided we're going to read the whole Bible front to back together. Yeah. Um, and so we obviously started in Genesis here recently. Um, and it's interesting. You'll, you'll read, you know, the same verse many times throughout your life. And it's like, oh, I didn't remember that it said that, but now you remember it. Um, but you know, it talks about, you know, God created Adam and Eve and, you know, God was with them in the garden and, you know, God was basically like there, you yeah. know, like it wasn't like this, you know, voice up in the clouds, like God was there with them. Um, mistakes were made, you know, everyone knows the story, ate the apple, all that stuff and sin separated, you know, us from, you know, direct connection with God. Um, but I think from the start of things, you know, our ultimate purpose was to be God's hands and feet here on earth and have fellowship with him, you know, for eternity mm-hmm. here. Um, but earth became a, a place of sin. It became the devil's playground. Um, and at that point, God made the decision when you read farther into to getting into almost the life of Noah, um, God, you know, says, okay, well, you know, human lifespan is going to shorten to about, I think it says 120 years. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that God actually said, you know, your lifespan is going to go from this to this. Yeah. I thought it just kind of happened. You know, so that was interesting. Fun fact. People started smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cancer got involved, all that stuff. You know, folks start smoking and drinking, all kinds of stuff. But no, anyways. Um, so I, I think, you know, as Jack said, this place is temporary. Yeah. You know, this is a place where we are meant to um, be representations of God um, in an imperfect world. Therefore, things here are not going to be fine and dandy all the time. But when we graduate from this place um, and move on to heaven, we move to a perfect world um, of, I think, what God ultimately intended Earth to be, yeah. um, which is a perfect place for us to have fellowship and walk with Him. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard as a kid growing up, oh, you're going to worship 24-7 in heaven and all this stuff. And Well, talk— that I thought about that too, but like the way we described worship earlier, yeah, far more than us just singing because I don't Ex- want to hear holding. Uh, yeah, I don't, exactly. don't want to sing that one. <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you know when when you think about God being our Father, you know, and us being His children, like what do you want for your kids? You know, you want your kids to to be happy. You want them to. You know, like if your kids love to duck hunt, which I hope mine do, you know, you hope that they go kill a lot of ducks. You know, if if your kids love ballet or if they love, you know, if your your daughter loves dancing or, if you know, whatever it is, you know, you would hope that they, you know, that they enjoy it, you know, that they get the cream of the crop and whatever it is that they want to do. And so I think when we go to heaven, there's a healthy mix of, you know, that, that time with God, you know, worshiping him, but, you know, God giving his kids, you know, something that he knows they'll enjoy. Yeah. You know, for some of us, it may be hunting. For some of us, it may be rock climbing or 
you know, just chilling by a beach. I don't know. Daytona 500 every day. It's yeah, be a heck of a stock car driver. <laughs> <laughs> Holden's going to be behind the wheel. We're yeah. number three yeah. in the yeah. car. And... Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but, you know, if, if I had to, to guess, I would think that God's going to give us a little something that he knows we'll enjoy. Yeah. And to, to that, um, Philippians 3.20, Paul says our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that it's just like kind of hard to wrap your mind around it, that we'll be in the presence of Jesus, worshiping God and a perfect world, like you said. And mm-hmm. um, I think about the thief on the cross and um, Jesus says to him, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise and that paradise, you know, relating back to Eden, the, the perfect um world i think the paradise was described as like a park and like yeah. uh, some commentaries i was reading did relate it back to the garden of eden and like that's kind of just crazy to to not crazy but it's awesome to imagine mm-hmm. um or or a wait for that day to come yeah so holding what do you think about heaven it's hard to wrap your mind around for sure um you know, I've I've tried to think about it, and I I do think it it will be like what Eden was supposed to be yeah. for eternity. Um, I've read a lot about it. You know, I, I think Ryan put a lot of things really well, so I don't want to kind of butcher what what he said. But you know, you hear a lot about this wedding day and things like that, and yeah. just this you know, perfect life as it, as it was meant to be from the beginning, as it was laid out in Genesis. And so, um, you know, I think it'll be awesome (laughs) and I'll leave it at that because I'm not smart enough to understand anything more. So, yeah, I think that's, that's good for us to kind of end it on. I mean, there's so many different takes and opinions and rabbit holes we can go on and break out revelation and, Sit, sit in that for a whole year if we mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, the overall idea is that um, our purpose is eternal. It's not just in this life here. So don't get so hung up on the, uh, you know, trying to live the perfect life. Um, not to say don't, you know, don't not try to be the best person you can be, but um yeah, we were created for um, to be something more than we are here. So um, don't get hung up on that. And I think with that, our series on our purpose, we've talked so much about purpose. Um, I, think, I think that does it justice, and we're good there. You guys have any final thoughts on the series as a whole? I don't. If uh, if you're just now tuning in, go back however many episodes ago it was when we started the series. Um, hopefully we can portray some wisdom um, to, to help some folks out um, and listen to the rest of the podcast that yeah. we have as well. There's yeah. a lot of different uh, series that we jump into and a lot more to come. Yeah. So we, pr- we appreciate you listening. What do you think? Yeah, no, I enjoyed this one. This one was a lot of fun. I think this is the ninth episode. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next? <laughs> you tell me. I thought you had that one planned. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> you don't? <laughs> We're starting tomorrow. I have no idea what our purpose is going forward. <laughs> What's our purpose next? I guess we got to figure that out. Um, so, yeah, I think this one's been good. Go back, listen to the other ones. Um, we'll take a little break. I'm looking forward to doing, maybe we do more like shorter a shorter series next here and there. Break it up some. Um, but we'll be back sooner than later. So, Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, anything that you guys get from the Swamp Dog website um, helps us out, helps us pay the guys to cut and edit and record this and, and do all the video stuff. So um, we thank you for your time listening. We thank you for the support. And um, we'll see you guys on the next season. See you later. Peace. Go kill some ducks. Yeah. Enjoy hunting season. <laughs>